So my question is, why did God not just pluck them from slavery and drop them fair and square in the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land with the rules in triplicate for every man, woman and child all written out in a language that they could understand? Why did he not do that? And in fact, he didn't, he didn't just take them straight from there to there in the blink of an eye with all the rules and everything all sorted because they're my people. They actually, they were like doing loops in the desert. They took a really, really long time. How long did they take? Boom! Did you notice that was the kids answering? Uh, let, let's have a look at this. It says in Exodus 13, 17 to 18, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the sea. God actually didn't take them from A to B He took them through the wilderness. He took them on, you know, like a 40-year journey, which probably, like, debatable whether it could have, like, been a week or a month's worth of journey. They spent an entire generation wandering in the desert because God didn't want them to change their minds and go back to their old ways. He was doing this on purpose. I love the scene in the movie that we just watched, um, Exodus, Gods and Kings. It's really, really good. And I'm thinking that maybe what we should do is organise a day for everybody to come to my house and watch the rest of it. They would, you would all come, yeah? We need a bigger house. But I love the bit in there where um, they he, he gets to the he gets to the beach bit, and his smarty pants friend stands behind him and goes, "So, is this high tide or low tide?" And he's like, it's neither. And then the other guy goes, you don't know where we are. And he goes, I know very well where we are. There is an ocean in front of us and there is an army and only Egypt behind us. I know exactly where we are. Not precisely where I intended to be, but uh, but I know exactly where we are. And, and I guess I just want you to think for a moment about how they would have felt. Like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And and he turns to the other guy at one stage when he says, you know, you you can't take us here. You know, your, your words are worse than the whips of the, the Egyptians. You know, and he, what does he remind them of? You've forgotten the promised land. You've forgotten God in this. So he's doing this on purpose. The, the, the oceans open up and they walk through the ocean and spend their 40 years in the wilderness. So like I said, what was the point? Why take them through the desert for 40 years? What's the point of that? What was God thinking? He had, he absolutely had the power to uh, like have a tractor ride through there and pave a way. It probably didn't have tractors. But to pave a road from point A to B as the crow flies. But he didn't. And I think it's because he wanted to remake them. He completely wanted to remake them and reorient them and let them leave behind their old ways before they got to the place where they would spend their lives, an in-between place. I'm going to call this place, just for a moment, a liminal space, like an empty space, a liminal space. The space between no longer and not yet. 
I wonder if you can think of any examples in life of what, what the no longer but not yet might be. I, I was thinking, and there might be some uh, some grade sixes here. It's the moment, it's the time of space between I'm not a primary schooler yet uh, anymore, but I'm not a high schooler yet. It's that in between time. It's the uh, it's the time between well I'm I'm engaged. I'm not single anymore, but I'm definitely not married. But I'm definitely not single anymore. It's that in between space. It's, I moved home recently. It's that space between, like, we are totally packed here. It's actually getting really hard to live in this space, but I don't have the keys to the new house yet. It's an in-between space. It's a, a liminal space is actually the idea of a threshold. You know, like in a doorway. When I'm right in the threshold, I'm not in that room and I'm not in this room. I'm in the liminal space in the middle. I think God, on purpose, took his people into a liminal space. An in-between space. Deserts are classic liminal spaces uh, in throughout history. The the idea of a desert is you're you're outside of the walled city, so you're not um, you're not under the laws of that city anymore. You're not part of the culture of that city, but you haven't gotten to the next city, so you're not part of their culture or laws or provision or safety. It's actually an in-between space, and the people were definitely in this kind of space. And Dr. Zeus describes it beautifully. He says, oh, the places you go, I actually think that this book should be in the Bible, but it's not. But if I was deciding on the canon, I would include Dr. Zeus's, oh, the places you'll go. He describes the waiting place because people are just waiting, waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go, the mail to come or the rain to go, the phone to ring or the snow to snow, or waiting around for a yes or a no or waiting for the hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for the wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for a Friday night, or perhaps waiting for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. I think that's what a liminal space is. I think that's what the wilderness space is, a place where we are waiting because we are not what we were and we are not what we are going to be yet. And our liminal spaces can be big. Sorry, I've just skipped a whole page. Um, It is the place which is between no longer and not yet. In Exodus 16... A little bit further along, and this is kind of echoed in the movie we just watched. The Israelites said, why didn't God let us die in comfort in Egypt where we had lamb stew and all the bread we could eat? You've brought us out into this wilderness to starve us to death, the whole company of us. A wilderness space is not necessarily a place you want to be. A liminal space is not necessarily the place you want to be, but actually maybe it's the place that you have to go through to get from where you were to where you're going to go. And I know that that's the case with God. I actually think it's a bit like no man's land in a war zone. You know, in the war zone, there's there's like, here's our front line, and way over there is the opposing side's front line, and in between, it's no man's land. No man owns it yet. It's just no man's land. And that's where we want to get to, and this is where they want to get to, but there's a space that needs to be crossed in the middle. It's not a place we want to be. It can be very difficult terrain and there are often great battles fought 
in the in-between space. Great battles in our hearts and in our lives. Like the smoker, who is not yet a non-smoker, but they're not a smoker, but they're in that in-between place and there's a battle. It's a battle because they want to go back to where they were, but they also want to be where they're going. And it's a daily battle. And I think that our liminal spaces in our lives... How do I make that go away? There. I think our liminal spaces in our lives can be big things or they can be quite small things. So a liminal space can be as small as the gap in the top of every breath before you come back down again. You know that gap? The one you listen to when you're trying to go to sleep? Or it could be that moment of the roller coaster where you are no longer going up, but you haven't started going down yet. That little space right there. Or the release on the trapeze where you have absolutely and unequivocally let go of that side, but you have not grabbed the other side of the trapeze. Sometimes that can be really big and really scary. And in those moments, you can look down and go, ah, am I going to make it? It's like when you hold your breath when you go over the bridge to Phillip Island. You know, we're not there, we're not here. <gasps> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> or it can be as big as a mighty ocean. There can be an ocean of liminal space that you might be dealing with. It might be just huge to get you from point A to point B might seem like going from one continent to another. Perhaps a liminal space might be caused by a life-threatening or serious illness. It might be the death of a loved one, separation from a partner, the suffering of a child, the death of a dream, failure, addiction, bankruptcy, loss of reputation, rejection of a friend, Realising that you are not who God intended you to be. A character issue to be wrestled with. A habit that needs to be broken. A life calling that's going to take every ounce of alignment with God to achieve. And on and on and on. There's lots of different things that can be those wilderness spaces in our lives. A while ago, um, I had spent lots of years working in Baptist churches and doing pastoral ministry And then at one point, I sensed God saying to me, it is time for you to finish the job that you are currently doing. And I really agonised over that. And eventually I made that decision and then kind of figured that the next thing would just pop straight up. You know, because this is what, I'm a pastor, this is what I do, this is what God's asked me to do, this is what I've studied for, this is what I've trained for, this is who I think I'm meant to be. And I walked out the door and it was nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I was like, what is going on here? And um, sat down with a lovely friend of mine, Chris Danes, and he said to me, Vonnie, does anybody know Chris Danes? Vonnie, he says, Vonnie, I think you're in a liminal space. Because I said to him, I feel like I'm in this place where I'm just like bobbing up and down in the ocean. I'm just bobbing up and down and there's no, oh, better swim that way because there's some land. There is no land anywhere don't spin on stage. There is no land and I'm just bobbing up and down. There's no current to blow me even in any particular direction. And he said to me, what you need to do is just embrace the moment. 
Just, just listen to God like Moses did in the movie when he crouched right down and he said, I don't know where I am. Help me. Are you there, God? Just stop and be in the moment and listen. And then he said, and when, when your long service leave money's run out, when you've done all your renovations that you wanted to do in your house, when you've read all the books you plan to read, when you've had coffees with all the friends that you can possibly imagine fitting in, then God will speak and something will happen. And sure enough, he was absolutely right. The next thing came along and it was really, really clear. Oh, and I ended up here, which is great. Yay. But it was a really hard, empty space to just kind of be in. And life still went on. It didn't fully consume me. But inside my heart, there was this liminal moment I was not that anymore and I wasn't where I was going and I was just kind of bobbing up and down. So the question is, is what did God want to teach the people of Israel and what does he want to teach us in our moments when we are in the wilderness? And I think the answer is this. I think he wants to say, define yourself in me alone. When there's no other cultural things around to distract you, define yourself in me alone. When there's nothing else in the, in the busyness of what you were doing to try and define you, there is only God. Define yourself in me alone. Like a blank canvas or a blank room, a clean page. Nothing left of Egypt to influence the people. No cultural things to influence them. And I think that the idea of um, those those times in our lives, they can actually be a bit like an incubator time. You know, like an incubator when you're hatching your little eggs in kinder? Did you hatch eggs in kinder? Those moments when you're, you're actually like in an incubator. It's maintaining optimal conditions for the development of new life. Sometimes these spaces can actually create conditions in our life when we are ready to become the next thing that God wants us to become. And we need to make sure that we honour the space between no longer and not yet. And I wonder whether the things in your life, those, those spaces, are little, like a breath, or whether they're big, like an ocean. But God's call is for us to honour them and to be on purpose in them. <clears throat> Oh, not that yet. That one. And when we're in those spaces, it's kind of like learning to throw a ball with the other hand. You know, like we know how to throw like this with this hand, but then we're told to pick it up and throw. Actually, it's really awkward. I'm trying to relearn something. It's really awkward. And I feel like a goose. And I feel like I'm lost. And I feel like I'm just wandering. But actually, he's teaching us something on purpose. He's doing something on purpose in our lives. So, uh, oh, where did it go? There. So just remember my big picture at the very beginning. These liminal moments, what God's doing with the people of Israel was on purpose because he created us and there was order to the chaos. There's the snake that I mentioned earlier. Remember that? And we said we don't want to live his way. We want to do it our own way and that is called sin. And God called out one person, Abraham, and he said, I want through you to begin my grand plan of bringing order to chaos. And then he took the people of Israel 
out into the wilderness and he said, now that you got nothing, now that you are all alone, now that there is no Egypt to define you, in fact, now that there is no nothing to define you, because they are in the desert, he then began to remake them and he poured himself into them and he taught them new ways and he gave them laws and he said, come close, find out who I am, redefine yourself in me, reorient yourself in me and that's what we'll do in those liminal spaces before And then he actually brought about his grand plan in the life of Jesus. And and Jesus coming and living and dying and resurrecting, that was his plan for bringing order to the chaos and, and helping us to obey and to trust and to reflect God because of the things that he has done to remake us. So the question of what's a good God going to do with a broken and darkened world, he's actually going to remake us. He's going to reorient us to him so that we can reflect him. And he's going to bring order to chaos. Oh, that one's meant to be gone. So the question is, what are we going to do with our wilderness moments? Because the Israelites didn't always get it right. We'll hear more about that in the weeks to come. But what are we going to do with those moments when, when God has brought us in whatever situation is in our lives to a point where we have said, I need to rethink this. I'm not what I was, but I'm not yet what he wants me to be. Or in those crisis moments where we actually are a little bit lost. I think there's three things he wants us to do. The first one is stop. And just as a little advert, if you're not sure how to stop, here tonight at 6 o'clock, Al is running a session called very, that very word, stop. How to stop. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. Guys, girls. Tonight's men and women. Oh, sorry. Next Sunday. I've got no idea. I don't know. You're running it with me tonight. I know. <laughs> Awkward. Anyway, three things. Stop. Just stop. You know when you get into an empty space, it would be really easy for me when I was bobbing up and down in that ocean to just swim, just swim, 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 swim to I don't know which direction. Or when we get into those moments in our lives when we are like, I think God is trying to teach me something, don't just run ahead. Don't just trust your gut and go somewhere. Just stop. Stop. The um, studies have been done that show that people who are blindfolded will always end up walking in a circle if they walk for long enough. They did these GPS tests where they hooked people up with GPSs and they sent them off actually in the desert, which works quite well, off in the desert. And the ones that were blindfolded, without a doubt, ended up walking in a circle. And the ones that weren't blindfolded could walk in a straight line except for if it was overcast. And if it was overcast and there was no sun or moon, they would end up walking in circles too. Without a doubt, every time. That's just what ends up happening. Um, That whole idea of without a focal point to orient us, we're just walking in circles. 
So if you are in a liminal space and you need to do some thinking and you need to understand who you are, stop and look to God and orient yourself and set yourself and listen to him. The second thing is to stop shaking your fists and bend your knee. This is really difficult for me to do, but I'm going to do it. I'm just going to talk to the dads for a minute. Father's Day is not an easy day for me. Both Dave and I, we've, we've always found Father's Day really tricky because our, our earthly fathers failed us big time. Um, but, you know, that's okay. We work through it and, and we know that our Heavenly Father is actually so much more infinitely reliable and trustworthy in our lives. But I just want to talk to the dads for a moment. Your children watch you, whether you know it or not, your children watch you. And if you are, if you're in, in even just those small liminal spaces of redefining who you are or working out what action to take or whatever, the smartest thing that you can do is to just take a knee and go, God, I'm lost. Help me out here. As opposed to, oh, this is ridiculous. Oh, I'm so angry. I don't deserve this in life. Actually, the best thing you can do is to stop and submit to God in your life and to say to him, I don't know what's going on here or who you want me to be. I'm going to submit. There's, um, there's an ad on TV at the moment, which is, it's a TAC ad. And I just find it amazing. If we can just play that, that'd be great. The kids watch what you're doing and they mimic you and they learn from you and so whether you're up there going ah ridiculous police officer pulling me over or whether you're going you know what my children need to learn how to submit to authority so I'm going to lead by example I'm going to show them I'm going to show them what a man who submits looks like and and dad's if your kids see you submitting to God in those moments, wow, those three guys that we had up the front here this morning, their dads were a different generation and dads these days do it differently. But what if we did it even more differently where we showed our kids what it means to submit to God? I think that would be amazing. So don't just shake your fists, bend a knee and submit. And thirdly, shake off Egypt and reorient yourself to the promised land. Reorient yourself to where God wants you to go. Shake off Egypt. And there's a, in the, in the movie, it's not biblical, so we didn't include it because it's, you know, whatever. But in the movie, there's this moment where he looks at his Egyptian sword and he's like, nah, that's it. And he just throws it out into the ocean. And I love that idea that he's like, this is, this is not who I am anymore. And I'm going to throw it off. And I'm going to focus on being who God wants me to be in this space. I'm going to stop. I'm going to listen. I'm going to take a knee. I'm going to discard everything that was of the not anymore so that I can be ready to be the yet to come of who God wants me to be. As the band comes up, I just want you to refocus the idea of the wilderness. When you are in the desert in whatever the desert spaces look like in your life, 
or those transitional times or those times when something new is happening, the smartest thing that you can do is grab a compass and look for a reference point. And in your life, the reference point has to be God. The reference point has to be God. So if we can take those moments to stop and pause, take a knee and say, God, where are you in this? What do you want me to do? What does it look like? Who do you want me to be? What do you want me to shake off from the old me? And let God remake us. Because that is actually his grand scheme plan. From the very beginning when he separated the light from the darkness through to the end of days when he actually brings complete order to chaos. His plan is to do it through each and every one of us. Walk in those liminal spaces and becoming more and more and more of who he wants us to be. We're going to sing a song. um, And it's about surrendering. It's about surrendering ourselves to God. So you might want to think about those moments in your life that are liminal spaces, those things that you need to work through, the stuff that that is yet to come, and surrender yourself to God. Surrender whatever it is that you've got. Ask Him to shake off your Egypt. Show Him how to bend. Ask Him to show you how to bend the knee, and give yourself to God.